I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You can choose to blame your circumstances on fate or bad luck or bad choices, or you can fight back. Things aren't always going to be fair in the real world. That's just the way it is. But for the most part, you get what you give. Rest of your life is being shaped right now. With the dreams you chase, the choices you make, and the person you decide to be, the rest of your life is a long time. And the rest of your life starts right now. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Mr. Clark Benson. Clark is the founder and CEO of Ranker.com, and prior to Ranker, Clark founded four other successful companies, including eCrush, which he sold to Hearst Corporation in 2007. And today's particular interview is going to be really interesting because we're going to be talking a lot about his entrepreneurship journey, what Ranker.com is, and also, some of the lessons that he has learned, especially building Ranker and how he survived. And we are always looking for people like you to talk about these things. So we're always excited to have people like you on the show. Welcome to the show, Clark. Thanks, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about the journey. All right. Well, pleasure is mine, first of all. But for companies before this company, did you always know you were going to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think I have. I mean, when I was a kid, I was very interested in building things. I, and I also sort of realized that I, I don't have sort of an engineering or architectural brain. So building companies is probably the, the, the thing that um, would make the most sense. And then when I was in college, uh, so I, I was in college in, in 1990, um, I was at the University of Illinois, which is a, you know, 30,000 person, huge Big Ten campus. And there was one class, both for grad students and for undergrads, about entrepreneurship, right? It was like a 50-person class. I'm sure things have changed drastically. From, from my understanding, there's like 
you know, and at Stanford, there's like 2,000 people taking entrepreneurship kind of courses these days. But back in the day, it just wasn't a, a focus. And I did take that class, and it was definitely the most impactful college course I took. And, um, you know, it was, it was doing things like writing a business plan and whatnot, which uh, definitely gives you certain uh, structural uh, background to think through what you want to do with the rest of your life. So yeah, I, I definitely always had the bug. I, I, I figured I would work for myself at some point. Um, and probably the smartest move I made was not immediately trying to work for myself right out of college and, 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 you know, working a few jobs to kind of understand business a little bit better. I do think that, that some people can make mistakes by jumping right into entrepreneurship out of school but of course, there's certain uh, success stories that yeah. we've all seen that contradict that. Uh, right. state. Oh, okay. So, can you highlight that? Why do you think that it's essential for people to understand, I guess, the art of of general business before diving into their own thing? Well, it's just that you know you 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 kind of until you've been in it, you don't understand some of the more. Um, the some some of the grind, I guess you know, like I mean, there's even in just starting a business, there's a certain amount of you know government filings, and you've got to negotiate a lease, you've got to do all these things that you know if you if you haven't had any experience at all, you're you might make some really big mistakes, but if you've even just been around a company and sort of nosed your way in to seeing how people do things, uh, another thing I would I would say is that. You know, if you don't have any prior experience at, at managing people and, and, and leading people, it's kind of better to find yourself in a, um, in, a, in a company where you can witness that firsthand. And uh, even if you don't end up managing people in a company in your first few years out of school, you kind of get a vibe for it, right? And you see, and yeah, frankly, you learn a lot about what doesn't work. Um, and then lastly, I think one of the mistakes that people make is that, uh, you know, you, you, if you want to, if you have a, if you have a business idea that's eating away at you in a certain industry, the best thing you could possibly do would be to immerse yourself in that industry for even a, just a year or two to really understand, uh, some of the insider knowledge that you might not get if you just jump right into trying to build a company in that way, because there's often things unique to industries that, are, are really sort of deal breakers if you don't understand them. Absolutely. And I, we were talking before the podcast started recording, and something you said really struck me. You said you don't know if a lot of people truly know what it's like to actually start a real business. Can you explain that and can you talk about why you feel that way and what skills you know a lot of the listeners who are in their, in their 20s and their millennials can apply to themselves as they're thinking about their entrepreneurship journey? Yeah, sure. So um, let, me try, I, I, let me try to kind of phrase this in a way. So like, you read about Snapchat, right? You read about Mark Zuckerberg. You know, you read about incredibly successful founders of um, amazing billion-dollar businesses. But these people are like, you know, what, one in 50 million or something, right? So there's just not many of them, and the odds are stacked against you becoming one of them. There's a lot of things that have to go perfectly right timing-wise to be that rocket ship uh, entrepreneur who was able to, to catch that wave right out of college. 
Um, and the other thing about businesses like that is, uh, you know, a lot of your sort of tech startups that get all the press, they're not, they take a long time to become real businesses. They, they thrive on, you know, millions or tens of millions and eventually hundreds of millions of dollars of venture funding, which gives you sort of the runway to figure out what a business uh, becomes. So there's certain businesses like that, 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 you know, like when you're doing something that's completely new, like a Snapchat, nobody in a million years would have been able to tell you what the business model for that would be. You just have to build it and acquire people and, and then figure it out. But that's the rare example of the kind of businesses out there. Like if you're opening a restaurant, for example, right, you, you need that restaurant to be making money. Uh, you mean you need to be, you know, profitable within probably three to six months, depending on how much of a cash cushion you have, or you will end up with a closed restaurant. And that's, that's the thing that you don't see as much in the, in the, in the, you know, the articles you read about entrepreneurship. Uh, I, I think it's really important to understand just like, how to run a business more from sort of a profit and a loss uh, p- point of view. And, and, and one of the things that you really need to understand is when not to spend money because you're only going to have a limited amount of capital to spend uh, to, 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 you know, start and market your business. It, it, you may not have any at all. You might just, the, your capital might just be you and whatever you can hype up, right? So um, I, I think it's really important to just kind of have a have a – handle even at, at a small scale on, on what a business is and how it survives and how it makes money. And the best way to do this, one of the best ways rather, is to really get into other businesses before you start yours or what would you recommend? Yeah, like for example, um, you know, if you can find your, if, if you can get a, get a gig, even if it pays less and, and even if it's, if it's kind of a, a weirder job than than maybe you know other opportunities you might have if you can find a job at some place that is already really scrappy and entrepreneurial you will learn a lot more a lot faster than you will at some uh, being a, a cog in a big machine right where you'll only see a small piece of what the real business is doing so i i highly recommend to um you know the listeners here if you can find uh a gig at a scrappy startup, you know, whether they're well-funded or not, uh, you learn different things from both cases, um, you know, and whether that's a, a tech startup that's, you know, rapidly hiring and growing from 10 people to 30 people, or whether that's uh, literally just a guy you know who's starting a restaurant and just needs help and somebody to just be his, you know, right hand or her right hand, you can learn 10 times more in those kind of scenarios than you can if you just take a a gig that's sort of a, you know, oh, I'm the junior, um, you know, manager in charge or, you know, coordinator in charge of this siloed department out of 20 different departments, right? Right. The closer you can get, I I think the way to think about it is the closer you can get to some, to, to, to people who, are the actual entrepreneurs and the closer you can learn from those people, the, the more you will get it in your, you know, in your, in your DNA, how, how to make those decisions yourself. Uh, and, and I'll tell you almost every scrappy entrepreneur, (laughs) this is the weird thing. This is like a, a weird supply and demand thing. Scrappy entrepreneurs are dying to find 
their right hands. Like we, you know, we all need somebody who's just really God, God knows I do. Right. So if any of you are, you are in LA, uh, <laughs> Ranker's a 40 plus person company now, but we still need really scrappy, um, people who can kind of, you know, quickly make decisions and, and, uh, figure things out and who really want to learn and grow because the average worker doesn't really want to do that, right? The average worker wants to just have a, a, a steady job and do do one thing well. But entrepreneurs need to do, you know, five to 500 things well. And the hard part as an entrepreneur is finding, you know, an assistant, a, a general manager, call, call it whatever you will, that, that is somebody that you can just sort of count on to delegate some of the things that you don't have time for and that you can mentor and help and that that person, you know, gives back to you as much as you give to them. Absolutely. And I, I love what you're saying. And obviously, if someone's from L.A., you should definitely, you know, reach out to him because some of the listeners do are actually from L.A. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any of that comes out of this. But one thing that I particularly love about your story when I was diving into it earlier, when I, you know, first found that I was interviewing you, is you have been so transparent with the failures you had, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is, you're, you're, I'm talking about someone who's built four companies before his current company. And the article that I'm referring to is, is one that, you know, was on firstround.com. but there were five early mistakes that, you know, essentially almost killed your startup. I would love for you to talk about those mistakes and how you, how you survived. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, the first mistake was it had probably had to do with hiring. I think if I correct. Yeah, to be honest with you, I've made about uh, let's see, uh, five hundred mistakes with Ranker <laughs> alone. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of specifically the ones you're referring to. I think one of the problems I had is, um, oh yeah, I, I know, I know specifically. So so when I started Ranker, I had had a prior internet exit. I had a company called eCrush that uh, was sort of a, a, a dot com 1.0, you know, up and down roller coaster ride that ended really well uh, after sort of a long grind of about seven years. And I made some money from that startup. And I, I put I, I always like to bet on myself and I put some money into Ranker. And honestly, I, I, I would have just as easily I could have taken like 300 grand or so and lit it on fire. And I would have had a better return on the capital than I had. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> because I hired some really like wrong engineering talent, and I I don't I'm not an engineer. So I, when I was trying to build a very Ranker's a pretty ambitious uh, 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 product as far as like it's 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 not a simple website that operates off of WordPress or something. It's got a lot of really uh, deep stuff on the back end, and I needed to bring in the right people to to do that. And I made just terrible mistakes in hiring uh, some of those people um, out of ignorance and out of not having. Uh, I wasn't able to hire out of my network because when I sold my prior company, you know, they 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 kind of lock you into a non poaching agreements. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't know enough about engineering, and I was throwing money at engineers who were just kind of giving me. You know, yeah, yeah, it's 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 coming, it's coming soon. <laughs> uh, wow, that was brutal. Uh, I, I I literally could look at the first two years of Ranker, and in fact, when I drive by our old offices, I sometimes just get like a, a like I, I just 
a pile of stress washes on me just looking at that building, thinking of how bad that time was. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. This is so key because you you acknowledge that you hired the wrong people, and in the article you said if you don't have a strong technical background, I I'm in this category by the way with you. Find multiple people uh, who do to vet the candidates. You know, they could be advisors, mentors, someone recommended to you through your investors. Regardless, you probably want multiple technical people who you would die to have working for your company, uh, but who you can't afford. So you're basically saying get people to vet these people, but not especially if you don't have the skill. People that know about what it is to be an engineer, what makes a good technical co-founder or whatever, find people that can vet them and then, you know, then hire from there. Yeah, and I did. I did end up doing that, but but that was after I'd kind of wasted about three hundred grand. So, <laughs> three hundred grand, man. <laughs> I mean, I I put more than that into Ranker, but the rest of it went to good use. The three hundred grand was just like forget it. But yeah. uh, <laughs> learn. Um, but yeah, like like one of the mistakes I made is I wanted to, I I had this 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 gnawing feeling that like oh the concept behind Ranker, which is crowdsourced lists and rankings. If I don't do it fast, somebody else is going to do it. So I, I had this thing eating away at me that was telling me that speed was so important. Yeah. And that turned out to be a big mistake uh, because, you know, I would have been far better off. I didn't – I just sort of hired some people without finding that person to, you know, help me vet the people if I had done that up front, it might have taken a few more months to to hire those people, but it would have taken a lot less of a nightmare to see the mistakes that they made and have to literally like, like throw out all the code. So, yeah, um, sometimes you can move too fast. In fact, that's one of my, one of my biggest failings as an entrepreneur. Always is that I get ideas in my head. I've I've done this my whole life. I will not do it again. <laughs> but, <laughs> So I say, but uh, I get an idea in my head and I, and I get really focused on it and I just like kind of go all in, you know, turn on the blinders and um, launch something. And sometimes you can do things a little too fast without seeing the possible negatives of what you're doing because you just get this idea in your head that I will build this, I will make this happen. And, you know, if, you, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're uh, going to be an entrepreneur, you may really understand this because, you know, you're that kind of person, right, that just says, I've, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. And that's good. But you also got to look at the feedback out there and you got to adjust a little exactly. bit. No, that, that that's so true. And, and you know, I, I, I love that you're on here because now, you know, you've turned this into something successful. It's really successful. You guys raised eight million dollars. Uh, and your your traffic is rivaling, you know, that of BuzzFeed and all that. And, and it's it's incredible to have someone like you on the air because a lot of times when entrepreneurs fail, some of them feel like it's the end. They fail. There's no going back up. But I'm very curious as to how you decided, okay, this has got to change. I still believe in the business and there's still going to be money to be made. But these are the changes I need to make and this is how I'm going to implement them. Yeah, yeah. So that's I, I, you know, that's a good question, and I can actually kind of segue from from the scenario I found myself in. So I, I had I had been about a year into Ranker. Um, it was during a horrible economic time. This was in uh, um, this was like right, you know, in two thousand nine when the economy had just tanked, and it was very, very hard to raise money. It had been very easy to raise money, 
you know, in 2006, 2007 for not, I mean, nothing's, sorry, let me pause on that. It's never easy to raise money, <laughs> but it had been a lot easier to raise money. Uh, I had had a prior success. I had a prior internet exit that, you know, uh, made, made, made a, it wasn't a massive success. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Success, but it made everybody, it made all the investors money, it made me money, and... Um, when the economy shifted, that didn't matter. It was like, oh, so what? You know, you need to have some traction or we're never going to uh, inv invest in this at all. So I found myself having to put in more of my own cash than I had anticipated. And, and I'm always up for putting my own money into things, which I think is, is both good and bad. It's worked out good for me in the end, but it's caused a lot of stress in the, in the, uh, in the intervening times while you're trying to build something. And I literally fired um, three out of my four engineers. I had some offshore developers in India, and I said, I guess I'm going to have to lead all these offshore developers and um, just, you know, spend a lot of time on Skype at, uh, uh, you know, midnight and just deal with it because um, I need to preserve cash right now. Like, I need to uh, get the... Um, traffic of Ranker up to a level where I can actually raise outside money and uh, I don't know how long the economy is going to be in the gutter. So uh, I, I made a, 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 that decision to just like, you know, which most people would say this was the kiss of death and it, it turned out well. It, we kind of went into a slow, slow burn period. Uh, cash burn is sort of how much money you're spending every month um, you know, uh, and we went from spending, I don't know, 120 K a month to spending about 40 and that, uh, and we, we did that for about eight months while we built up, you know, got up, got to our first million or so unique visitors. And it was the only thing that we, that allowed us to survive. We would never have been able to raise money in that period. Uh, we would have had to shut the doors. So, um, Sometimes you got to take the hard move and and really look at everything uh, with a with a clear eye and say let's just focus on one thing to get us to this next milestone and then we can breathe again. That's that's pretty great. I mean, and now you you all average over you know thirty five million unique visitors per month. For for the the listeners listening, how would you describe Ranker dot com to them? Well, so Ranker is um, we're we're about lists, as you can probably imagine by the name. I, I'm a I'm kind of a list nerd myself, so I've always had the idea of uh, you know there's lists all over the internet, right? Lists lists used to drive magazine sales long before the internet existed. 
people love to consume information in lists, but but the difference between Ranker and that you know other lists you find on the web is most of the lists that Ranker has are crowdsourced, meaning that we put a our editors will put a concept up, you know, could be best uh, quarterbacks of all time, or it could be you know Tom Brady. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> it, or it could be like you know, it could be worst mistakes in American history. Any whatever we can possibly think of, we put it up there, and then the crowd votes on it. So the idea is that you know. There's internet lists all over the place that are like one writer, one editor's opinion, and I don't trust that as much as I do, you know, ten thousand people that have voted on a given piece of content and added items to it and participated in it. So it's really kind of a participatory way to crowdsource any information at all that makes sense in a list format. So you've basically created a way to have the public's voice heard in a fun, interactive way. And, you know, people can create and vote on topics that they care about. Exactly. You know, there's there's um, obviously, you know, there's reviews and, and like sort of five star rating systems have been a big part of the Web for, you know, 10 plus years. I mean, Yelp, Amazon, think of it like that. But, you know, frankly, when I'm trying to figure out uh, something, I don't really want to read through a lot of reviews. I just want to see a, a credibly ranked list and then maybe I'll dive into a few of the top items. And that's what Ranker does. Uh, and it's really taken off. I mean, we've grown. We, we have raised uh, almost $8 million, but we've never raised a big chunk of it at once. We've always raised sort of a couple million at a time and right. grown somewhat organically. And, uh, you know, the company's profitable now, which is a great position to be in because we're not, we don't have to raise more money. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the format really works and it's, um, it's, uh, uh, it's a very engaging site. We get a lot more, we outrank almost everybody with sort of time spent on site once people land on Ranker because they're not just consuming content, they're participating. I love it. I'm just curious about your, traffic sources because you said organic where do you get most of your traffic sources from so the internet's changed an awful lot just in the last uh, five years or so uh we we get about half of our traffic from organic search from from just google searches and wow. Wow. Uh, uh that and we've always had a lot of search traffic but the thing that's really changed for us in the last few years is that the uh the rest of the traffic is split. You know, we get about 20% of our traffic are people coming directly to Ranker. But sadly, that doesn't really grow much any, anymore for publishers because uh, people's front door of the Internet is now Facebook. And uh, the rest of our traffic is all coming from Facebook where we have about six, seven different uh, Facebook channels. Uh, there's a Ranker Facebook page, but there's also some like vertical-specific pages uh, we have one called Total Nerd, for example, that's kind of our you know geeky rankings, and um, you know Facebook is really um, just what it, pe people don't just go to blogs anymore the way they used to. It's really become people's uh, clicking off of their feed. So um, that's where a, a, an awful lot of our traffic comes from nowadays. Yeah, it's it's funny how Facebook has grown to be really the news channel. I mean, you've got people like now this news and. You know, AJ Plus, who legitimately are using uh, Facebook as their the number one source of traffic. Yeah, I mean, it, we Ranker's kind of funny in that um, I'm not so I I'm I've got uh, I've got young kids and uh, I work you know <laughs> I I work less than I used to, but I still work 
55, 60 hours a week. And um, when you got young kids, that's about, you know, as much as you can sanely handle, I think. And <laughs> I, I'm sorry we bother you. <laughs> oh, that's all right. This is fun. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess my point is, though, that I don't spend a lot of time myself on Facebook because I don't have a lot of time to kill, right? So I actually held the company back for a few years. And about three or four years ago, when all the um, – the big viral sites started just doing mega volumes of Facebook traffic. They were, you know, rocketing up the traffic charts and I'd be like, we're growing slower than they are. What's going on? And it took us a, a while to really figure out Facebook because it's, there's a, there is truly some nuance to it. Yeah. And I think it actually ended up working to our advantage because Rankers are a very data centric company. We every item on every list is, is a data object. It's not just like a, a piece of text. And, we can take all of the data about uh, users voting on items and, and have a really strong I idea of what the, their passions are, what they're interested in, what their hobbies are. And so Facebook has moved to be more data-centric as well. And, you know, we sort of missed the clickbait uh, wave because uh, we didn't know what we were doing on Facebook. And now it's more the data-targeting wave that is working on Facebook. And We've had a ton of growth this year, um, even while some other publishers have been declining on their Facebook traffic because of that uh, data-centric focus. Yeah, no, and I love – I was looking at your YouTube channel, and I love the, the personality you have. That can be so natively implemented on, on Facebook video and, and made even more shareable because Facebook is really investing a lot of resources in video now, and a lot of people are doing that and just sharing. I, yeah. I, can, I can see this just skyrocketing there as well. We've only been dabbling in Facebook Live for about a month, but that's been going through the roof. So, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, you know, Facebook is, is uh, innovating at this insanely fast pace, and um, it has been, uh, it, it can work to your advantage if you, if you really understand it, for sure. Absolutely. No, so, we've gone through your story, you being an entrepreneur most of your life, as, as well as, you know, the fall, and then you picking yourself back up and, and now, you know, on a trajectory that, that's certainly positive. I am very curious as, as to what your opinion is. I, I know you're looking at the, our, my generation and younger millennials and, and Gen Zers coming up. What do you think we need to focus on? What are the skills we need to focus on? Where do you see the world going towards? And how can we capitalize on all of that? Wow, that's an interesting question. So let me maybe I'll, I'll, I'll answer it in, a, in kind of a less tangible but but still maybe meaningful way i'll tell you the one thing that that i find for sure uh and i'm quite sure that that any certainly any startups are 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 very interested in this but i also think that that you know your older companies that are adapting are interested in this the thing that's that's things are changing so rapidly, right? I mean, even just from the point of view of, of a ranker's experience, like three or four years ago, Facebook traffic was, was, you know, nothing. It was 2% of our traffic, right? And now it's, you know, 40, 30, something like that. Uh, and what you learn is that things are changing so fast that it's hard to, how do you hire somebody who's an expert at bringing in Facebook traffic? That, right, that, right. that that position didn't exist anywhere in the world five years ago, right? Or nowadays, how, how do you hire somebody who's a Snapchat expert, right? There, there is nobody in 
established business that's a Snapchat expert because the platform is driven by really young people, right? So I'm just using those as examples. I think it can apply to anything, but the the, the real uh, the the way that that millennials can kind of inject themselves very rapidly into positions of meaning and authority are by sort of finding the new thing, right? Like whatever is the, where, where is the wave going right this moment? Usually millennials are going to be at the cusp of it because they don't have, you know, necessarily have like family obligations tying them down. They're, they're able to be, they're able, they have more time to try out new things. And of course they've grown up with all this technology, right? So the key is find, find a, 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 a niche or a handful of niches that are really new become a, a very rapid expert in them. You know, another equivalent would be, you know, your, your, your YouTube celebrities, right? Like become an expert in, in something that is really new and that wasn't even around a few years ago. And you're sort of eminently valuable and employable because, uh, older people in charge are going to be like, we need to hire an expert to do this. We either that, or we got to figure it out ourselves. How do we find, you know? And it's like, you're constantly in demand. Another uh, example would be app developers, right? Like it's not that long ago that apps didn't even exist. It was only what, uh, six years ago or so that apps, you know, became big. So it's still very, very hard to find a, you know, there's bidding wars all day long when, when you're looking for app developers, because you, 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 the, 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 the app universe expanded so much more rapidly than the amount of people who were skilled at, uh, developing it. So there's always things like that happening. And if, uh, you know, if you're young and, and, and have time to sort of say, Hmm, I'm going to spend, uh, six months sort of apprenticing and figuring this out and know it cold. I think you've, you've got, you know, pretty much uh, the, you, you've jumped ahead of the curve for, for maybe the rest of your life. Absolutely. I was just, it's funny you bring up app developers. I was just at a, uh, an app graduation service for a school called make school. And they basically an alternative education uh, system for a lot of people who are interested in, you know, coding and um, being programmers. And a lot of these kids are 15 to, you know, 20, I'm 26, so and I felt like I was like these people are light years ahead of me. But they had five <laughs> five weeks to create an app, and yesterday I, w- I was there because I was mentoring and judging as well. And it's incredible to see some of the stuff that they they've come up with. And I I said to myself and to a lot of them that they've given themselves such a competitive advantage that they might not even realize now. But to be able to do this at high school or at just a freshman, a sophomore, junior, it's so paramount to many organizations who are just striving to be competitive in today's digital world. Yeah, I mean, really, if you think about it, that, that, that's, that's, that's a, a great example, um, especially at that age group. I mean, the, the bottom line is the world has never changed so rapidly as it is these days. So the key is find an area of change. And it's, a, it's almost a guarantee that if you, if you can be you know, competent or excellent in an area that's changing rapidly, you're guaranteed employment, uh, you know, good employment, but you're also, uh, you know, you're going to sort of be leveled in up into a, 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 a position rapidly that, you know, in prior generations might have taken 10 years to get to because of just 
the need for for businesses and organizations to adapt so quickly to this change. Uh, you're the man, Clark. So practical. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I usually wrap up my interviews with my mission statement. So my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So how do you, Clark, use your difference to make a difference? Well, I'll tell you. So I think one of my, my differences is that I um, – I've I've done biz I've done a lot of different kinds of businesses. I've done small businesses and I've done sort of venture capital backed startups and I've been able to take what I've learned from the small businesses which is literally just how do you manage people? How do you motivate yourself? You know, how do you keep the lights on? Uh and I've been able to apply it you know, with scale to larger growth businesses uh, without sort of losing, you know, in a way that you sort of can keep the the spirit and the culture, I guess, of what you're doing. Because one of the things that businesses can be really guilty of is that um, startups uh, can get a lot of money thrown at them and they can grow really fast. And things can get out of hand really quickly. They can spend money really inefficiently. They can hire inefficiently and they can build the wrong culture, hire the wrong people, just make big mistakes fast. And I think my background in having started real businesses, you know, when I say real business, I mean businesses that uh, were more or less bootstrapped and that made really good profits, um, before doing sort of venture back startups has really uh, uh, um, helped me and, um, and and has made that difference. Oh, that's great. And, and that's such a unique skill that you have. It might not seem like a lot to you, but that mindset and that ability to have been in those environments definitely gives you a unique, uh, unique advantage. And, and it's significantly unique to you. So that's that's great. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, sir. Where can we find out more about you and Ranker? Well, uh, I, I'm on Twitter, although I don't tweet that often. Half the time my tweets are about music because I'm a music nerd, and half the time they're about entrepreneurship. But, I, you know, a couple times a, a week or a couple times a month at least I'll be on Twitter. Um, my, uh, I, I, I would encourage uh, anybody who's sort of, uh, young and scrappy, uh, feel free to actually, I'll, I'll even give out my email address, Clark at Ranker.com, C-L-A-R-K at Ranker.com. Uh, send me a resume if, uh, it, it, you know, if you, if you are looking to uh, join a growing but still, I would say, still startup-y startup because we're not so big and bloated yet that you can't learn a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're always looking for young entrepreneurial thinkers uh, because there's always problems to solve and you know the mindset of an entrepreneur or I, I, I hate to use the term because it's kind of a cliche but a growth hacker right like somebody who just wants to try and test things quickly uh, that's what we do so um, you know I, I would love to, to have uh, anybody reach out uh, and um, yeah I mean I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm often out at uh, tech events in LA as well. If any of you are there, feel free to walk up to me. Absolutely, thank you so much. I'll definitely put that in the show notes and also uh, share with as many people I know in LA who are desperately looking for opportunities like this. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being transparent. Thank you for just being significantly 
Awesome. <laughs> I appreciate well, that. I appreciate you taking the time on a Sunday too, because hey. I'm sure you're you're juggling a lot of things. It looks like <laughs> uh, looks like from your website you've got uh, you've got a lot going on, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Well, I, you know, when you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And sharing stories like yours is what I live for. So I appreciate the opportunity and appreciate you taking time as well. Well, if you find yourself in LA, look me up. We'll grab some lunch or something. Absolutely. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.